Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, the to the Too Obscure for TV podcast, where me, David, and our current guest host, Mr. Thomas, the cameraman, the gearhead, the man who shoots nothing but film all day, every day. Talk about uh, some really hard-to-find movies, maybe some hidden gems, some cult classics, or just utter schlock. And this week... We have a mixture of everything. Yes. We got a little bit of everything this week. Uh, this is a movie that I brought to the table called Freak Out. It is a really hard-to-find and super-obscure British horror comedy film from, like, 2003, 4, something like that? I think it was 4, yeah. yeah. When, I, when I looked it up, yeah. Yeah, it was 2004, and I uh, exposed it to you guys today. That's I do feel exposed. Yeah, 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 we're very exposed. That's the perfect uh, description. No kidding. Of what we... Exactly. Of what you put us through. Yeah, why don't you describe, because what we've watched today is halfway between, like, the comfort of eating a really greasy cheese pizza and the horror of looking at a body in a dumpster. Uh, that's <laughs> what how analogy wow. is that? I don't know. I, it's like, there, there's there's laughs, There's we cried, it, of out of terror really mm-hmm. i mean uh, why don't you describe to the listeners what exactly this movie is so because i'm sure nobody's heard of it oh yeah i i have i have had this movie in my collection oh sure of like just schlocky movies for like a decade and i've like mentioned it to people and nobody has any idea what it is when i talk to them about it but basically what it is it's these guys in England, they were leaving film school and they're like, hey, we're going to make a movie, you know, and it'll throw it into the festival circuit. And they kind of realized they couldn't make a good movie because they didn't have a lot of money nor a lot of know-how as to make a movie. So they made this. And it's about this kid named Merv Dooley who happens to find a escaped mental patient and realizes he could train him to become the greatest serial killer of all time. And with his help of his friend Anki, they uh, do that, and it becomes this weird slasher comedy horror Rocky montage where there's a uh, spatulas, there's some Dallas references, there's salami being shot out of leaf blowers, there's bum feeling, mm-hmm. and os piranhas, and oh, and Sam Raimi uh, references too, lots of Sam and Raimi and camera ones. work as well. Uh, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. So you guys have never seen this movie before, I'm I, assuming. I didn't know it existed. No? <laughs> no, this was... When Dean and I started the podcast, this was one of the movies that he really lobbied for us to put on the schedule, and... I just wanted somebody else to have seen this movie. That's yeah, all I needed. I slowly began to realize that that suggestion would kill the podcast if we ever actually tried it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but no, the, this show has really given this uh, a good vehicle, and... I feel like jumping out of the vehicle, but um, certainly it was entertaining. What? Why don't we? This I, is, I just this want is to know your guys' first reaction to watching this movie because we just finished watching it like what twenty minutes ago. Yeah. How 
we'll, we'll start with you, Thomas. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're a man of, of class. You know, you're you're a man of know-how. Yeah. Very very staunch. You know, camera operator. You want to know the the details of the film. What did you think watching this? Uh, mostly confusion. Mostly confusion. <laughs> yeah. Well, your favorite movie is Mulholland Drive, so that's kind right of one of them. Yeah, yeah. No, I guess you're right. That's one of my favorites, and so I guess it's yeah. I guess that it fits. A different kind of confusion, but confusion nonetheless. But I was entertained. I wasn't. I wasn't bored. That's a that's a good that's a good place yeah. to be when you're yeah. in the bad movie category. I'm well, bored. yeah, yeah. To me, it's this is one of those movies where. It's bad, and then it just keeps circling around, and it reaches good again. Like it's just it's bad good, as I like to describe. It, it's that thing where it starts. It jumped off the cliff, but it hit that nice yeah. like water slide that shot it right back. Up. Yeah, yeah. You, it came around to the other side. Ah, oh, all right. Well, was the point that you realized this was great was when uh, they were in the mall. Yeah, it was. It was. It was the. It was the mall. It was the which I thought was the finale, which I guess was part of it. Yeah. One half of the finale. I just noticed the production. The production uh, quality went went. It's kind of skyrocketed at the end, and I was just wondering, what how how did they do this? Because yes, yeah, at least over here in the states, in my experience, malls even when all the stores inside are closed, they'll stay open for a while. Yeah. Before, like early in the morning, and like way after it closes, there's always security walking around. So my guess is. You, well, what was the budget? It was like fifty grand, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, fifty grand, thirty pounds, I guess, for okay. like their stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the I did the little calculation. It's about thirty-eight thousand dollars U.S. Oh, oh okay. wow! Okay. But that, again, right. stretched out over four or five years. So. Yeah, yeah. So my guess is that the everything shot in the mall was maybe they knew someone security that worked in the mall, and that's how they got to shoot in the mall because there's no one in there. Oh yeah, they, they this was the weirdest thing because it looked like Dawn of the Dead where they had the cleared out mall. No one was yeah. there. Like I was, I always was under the assumption they just paid somebody like a yeah. hundred bucks and said, "Yo, like just leave the back door open." Yeah, it's cool. They man. had they had a smoke machine in there and everything. Oh yeah. Well, what about you, David? First experience. You're you're you've been over there like quietly contemplating what's been been done to you. Contemplating is the right word. Um, you know, from the the opening of the film, which is textbook for beginner, like a flashback opening, mm-hmm. uh, to the end of the film, which, like Thomas said, I thought happened four or five times. But that <laughs> honestly falls in line with a lot of movies that are professional. Yeah. Um, and not at all to disparage this and say it's not professional. Because I think there, it, it's weird... There were certain moments in which we're sitting on the couch and we get caught up in, like, the jokes. Yeah. And as I was embarrassed to admit the plot of this movie, <laughs> or whatever it is. And they, it's it's fascinating how there you can see the moments and the days of making this film that were really fun and brilliant for them. And then the moments and days where they had no fucking clue what mm-hmm. to do. Because I kept wondering, too what the script for this looked like and then I reminded myself there's no script for this movie. There's <laughs> well, I don't nothing. I don't think there was. I think we watched a little bit of the featurette, like what, five, ten minutes? Something like that, yeah. yeah. And I think at some point I think it was the actor that played the sheriff. He was reading the script, I think. I that's what I think. And it yeah. didn't look like it was that I think he maybe, he made a comment, he's like, Man, this is some script yeah. and it was like six pages. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think it was I think if anything they had bullet points. Yeah, this was probably one of those things where like the writers 
so the director and the guy who played Anki, I think they're the writers. Mm-hmm. They like beat it out the story. They probably had a few scenes in mind, but they were like, "Eh, fuck it. We'll we'll figure it out on the day. It's fine." Yeah. yeah. We'll just we'll just figure it out as it goes. Yeah. yeah. Well, considering the fact that nobody again knows where this movie has come from or what it's about. Why don't you give us a quick rundown? Since you know the yeah. movie, this movie like the back of your hand of what oh, yeah, the back those of bullet hand. points might be. The yeah. bullet points? Okay, so we have we have our characters. We have Merv, which great name by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is the standard horror movie like film geek, which looking around the table. Hello, gentlemen. Yeah. And he is best friends with this I how the fuck would you describe Anki? Uh he reminds me of um, the other guy from Clerks, uh, Randall. Randall, yeah, a that's bit. that type of character. Yeah, he's he's all over the place. He he is Randall without the charm, or or Randall trying. Oh, oh right? no, there, there's charm. It's just not that kind of charm. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then then you have Anki, who is a Ran- who is Randall from Clerks, and. Then you have like the only like female character in the movie. Ash. Yeah, there's, there's multiple female characters. Yeah. yeah, but she's the only one that has like lines that's uh, not gets he, really weird at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she turns into a zombie. She's supposed as one does. To, as she's one does. supposed to be like the love interest, I guess. Yeah, she disappears for ninety minutes in the movie, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the loony, who is our escape mental patient, who is very uh, effeminate, very uh, lovely singing voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hell of a dancer, and also like David is a vegetarian. Uh, you know, yeah, it related murder. to that character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I remember when I escaped from the asylum. It was a it was a hard road ahead of me. It was just meat is murder. Meat is murder. Yeah, and Murr finds the you know the loony, and the loony is trying to play up the whole I'm a serial killer kind of thing, and it's not really happening because it's like he wants to be a serial killer, but he's very incompetent at yeah. it, and Merv is like. Yo, I watched all the Jason movies. I got this fool. Mm-hmm. And then, lo and behold, he actually does got this and trains this loony up to be a serial killer. We have about five or six montages about yeah. that happening. Yeah, several. Several. You know, Anki is a terrible influence on the loony. They go into a lesbian barn for some drinking contests. Um, less than Jake shows up. The American Ska Band. Mm-hmm. This movie does miraculously have a cameo. Yeah. yeah, I was very surprised to see that. I was like, how the hell did they do that? Was that, was that again, a favor? Like, was yeah, that they were in there, town? There was no way that wasn't a favor. That must have been... Well, let's see. Craigslist didn't quite exist. Well, it, it did, but I think Craigslist, from what I remember in the early 2000s, was only limited to the Bay Area. So I don't. I think they just put ads out. Just like, we're making this movie, you can show up if you want to. Jesus. And maybe they were touring, they were playing a show, like, fuck yeah. it, let's just show up. Can you imagine one of those, like, they were just in the crowd, like, dude, you want to be in my movie? And Less Than Jake are just like, sure. sure. We, well, like, what do you like? What do you mean? No, dude, we got a tour. It's like, no, dude, like, ten minutes, I got the car out back yeah. in the camera. And they're like, just show up. Yeah, yeah fuck it, you know. Uh, but yeah, and then... Because it's like it's hard to explain the plot of this movie because it doesn't really make a whole hell of a lot of sense. Well, I here here's what I here is what I got from it. So what you said is mostly right. I feel 
Yeah. So yeah. So we have our the very beginning, which is essentially a flashback. What well, thirteen years before? Yeah, where events. he's at the at his yeah, middle school. He's at his middle school, and he's being teased for being a vegetarian by the other kids. One of which is a cripple, and the other one, which just has a cigarette in his ear. Also wearing the sickest leather jacket yeah, you've ever and seen. And these kids are like ten to twelve. And so then they start throwing. They, um, they throw, meats. Yeah, they throw start throwing all of their meat at him. Their lunch. I remember. I'll never for. I will never forget. One of the lunch pails said, "I love pork." Oh, are you gonna get that lunch? Pail I'm gonna. For... I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get a lunch pail and just put I heart pork on it. That's good but, stuff. But that that was essentially his origin story, of, of our our serial killer's origin story. This that. is. This is yeah. um, Michael at at home, you know. Yeah. With... yeah, it's Michael at home. It's 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 Joker twenty nineteen. It's it's all the origin stories rolled into that five minute. I think it was less than five minutes actually. Probably. I think it was like three or four minutes. What is it? Did you like the opening where he's just like doing? Yeah, I don't know. His mom is just hard. Yeah, yeah. That was that's that's the whole thing right there. And yeah, he. He's trying to make the best serial killer ever, but it doesn't work until he abandons him. That's what changes. Yeah. That, 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 that's what makes him mean. That, that's when his mask went from nice, normal hockey mask to scary, monster scream mask. monster mask. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of interesting that that's the thing. You know, he only gets good at his goal when, you know, the, the teacher or whatever leaves mm-hmm. him. Yeah, when, yeah. when he's betrayed. Yeah. Themes. Mm-hmm. Themes. So there's something there. There is something here. Like, so David, you know, is there something here? Are you still on the on the train of? Nah, they made this while they were stoned out of their minds. Well, I I think well I think they were stoned out of their minds. Yeah. But there is still something there. So, no, I mean, you know, everybody has a dream, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I feel like yeah, if you were trying to make a feature film at no uh, no money in your wallet. Uh, just out, fresh out of film school, whatever film school that taught them how to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just a few friends, then yeah, this is what you would turn out. It would be disjointed and stupid, and at least if anything, the film has their personalities all over, which helps it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like this financially, is of, this is one of those films you can really tell who made it, and it's yeah, I think it's got a lot of heart to it. You know. Yeah. And it, you know, it's I, I really really like to do, especially is like talk about the parody of it uh it's a lot of interesting editing choices that (laughs) yeah so for those who will probably never seek this movie out the editing in this film you could lovingly say is seizure inducing yeah Yeah. but it, it they use that to their advantage at certain points and they they love calling back to things that they I don't know. Again, it's one of those things where I can't tell if they planned it, but that, for instance, in the beginning with the dog bit, you know, the, there's the POV shot yeah. of whatever in the bushes, and then we come to find out it's just his dog. It's just his dog. And, you know, it's a funny joke, and then they call back to it later in the movie, which, again, boggles my mind because how do you remember two years later that you made this joke and decide, oh, that's where we're going to shoot today? I, uh, they, they could not have done this, like, chronologically, right? There's probably huge chunks of this movie that were filmed, 
like like probably like the beginning when he goes up to his house and at the like way at the end when he does the same thing those are probably start on the same day even though they're like 45 minutes apart in the movie so I'm like maybe I don't know I, I kind of felt like the whole thing was done because again the fresh out of film school continues to surprise me yeah. <laughs> and uh, while I was watching it, it it felt apparent to me that they started production in 1999 or whatever they said it started yeah. in and, and then they took like a year off the climax yeah. of the movie definitely had to have been after they had gained some sort of cult following on yeah. making this and blogging about it or whatever so, yeah there, you could yeah you can tell that there was a definitely a uptick in money and quality at some point during production yeah and i don't think it was the party i don't i don't know no i feel like that party was probably a real party that they just decided let's just film some of it here and just make this an actual scene yeah yeah and i and yeah i do think that more than once like some of the scenes in between were shot like a year apart to like six months apart Some of them because were. we noticed like oh he's wearing something completely different now and he's clean shaven now so yeah yeah i'm pretty sure it's just everywhere which which is fine is it though? Is it? I think for for yeah. something like this, yeah, I think it's I think it's fine. Yeah, because this is the other thing too is this is more than I've ever done in my filmmaking career. So it's like yeah. it, I'm watching it, and it makes me. It, it's kind of it's kind of weird how this movie actually makes you feel good about what you might be able to do. Yeah. Uh, Damn. Sorry, I'm allergic to bullshit. <laughs> well, just you know that this guy that this was. Uh, what, where was this screened? Was this at... Uh, this was screened oh, at festivals. Yeah. This yeah. was at festivals, so already... This was, select, this was a festival selection. And yeah. Not only that, but international ones. I, from what I remember from the box, it's that they had two selections in Montreal and Dublin, and then it was a winner, whatever winner means, at mm-hmm. the Rhode Island Horror Film Festival. Like, this, this movie had chops. Yeah. Yeah, and I... What the fuck? Yeah, I uh, none of my stuff. Well, except for one, I guess, but it was just one quote unquote festival last year. But I think this movie accomplished more than the three of us have <laughs> so far combined as small filmmakers. Yeah, and I guess I meant that more as like um, you know, none of us have gone out to make features or anything, and that's something yeah. that's you know a stereotype in indie film or, or young filmmakers is that you go out and make your first feature and you have no idea what you're doing. Oh, yeah. God, no. And then out of that might come something amazing or something nobody ever hears from again. Mm-hmm. That's and, the thing with, um, well, I guess that's probably why there was a bunch of Sam Raimi references in this movie because Sam Raimi was the same thing when he yeah. made Evil Dead. Yeah. He was all over the place when he was making it. And this movie certainly deserves to be in the latter category, but somehow... Uh, I, I don't know. I think I'm more fascinated with like whatever was going on around the production and release of it for them to get people into it. Because then you look on the ba- like the box. Well, not only that, this movie has a DVD, a two disc set. Uh, I correct. I, I have the special, the special edition, edition <laughs> version. Thank you, Blockbuster. When you close down, I managed to get this for ten cents. And then it's like you, we were trying to Google things right now, and I'm that's what I've been trying to do. Because I found the Twitter account of the director, Christian James, which is not active and is not interacted with very much. Gotcha. Um, I found a few, like, articles 
a lot of their names end up leading to different people with the same name on oh. Google. <laughs> and it's just one of those things where it's like, I feel like I should find fingerprints of a fan base somewhere. Because that's what, obviously where you come from. I'm and all sure of this. there is. Well, There's yeah. no way this isn't. I, I, that's the thing, because I've had this film for, like, like I said, for like a decade, since like Blockbuster went out of business. Mm-hmm. And I've never met anybody who's seen it before. I mean, I think I Googled it once or twice, and I was like, I found the IMDb page. I found out the director didn't like actually did stuff, and then like that was it. But th- this seems like a movie that should have some sort of cult following. Something like it should have a Reddit thread. Yeah, uh, there's no way it's not Reddit if not 4chan. Like there is there is a community out there. It could be no more than 20 people. But there is. But a this is something there will there would be a, like I could see this being played at parties and stuff like that. This seems like one of those kind of party movies, right? You throw it on in the background while you're doing something else, and yeah. some people chime in and out of it. Yeah, or everyone just sits down and just gets high and, and, and watches it together. And it's just an event that would, happens probably once a year, if anything. Would, would you like a copy of this movie for your next uh, high movie? You know what? I, 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 think, I think I would. I, and this is, I'll be honest, this is something I could see myself, like, if it was, like, on Amazon Prime, like, for $2, I'd buy it. That's, wow. for, that's for certain. It's just something to have. Like, it's up there, like, like I'm sure all of you have heard of Red Letter Media. Um, yeah, they've made movies, a few, that are just garbage, but they're good garbage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a certain brand of bad movie that you just, that people just love watching. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, my vibe of bad movie, where it's, like, you can tell people, like, you can tell people tried on this movie, right? Yeah. And you're just like, it's, it's all over the place. Like, the production value is like pretty bad, but, god, damn, the heart on display just keeps you going. Mm-hmm. The most yeah. I've been able to find is, is you, you mentioned Reddit, and there was it's from five years ago, but it has a suggestion. <gasps> wow. And that's it. Though you might be able to, you. It's interesting. You said that this was worth two dollars, of which. Based on Dean's original purchase price, you'd be overpaying by yeah, yeah. hundreds of percent. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, but know. all anybody can say is they want to find a DVD copy of this movie. So, so, so you have like the holy grail here. I probably yeah. do. I, just, just by. So, did you know? I want to ask. Did you know what this movie was when you found it in that bin? No. no okay. Just, so, uh, ten years ago, how was I? Ten years? No, because it had been way later than that. No, it had been way earlier than that. But because, you said a blockbuster was going out of business, right? Yeah. Well, actually, it wasn't even Blockbuster. There's a Hollywood video. Oh, okay. So that was... Yeah, sorry, sorry. I say Blockbuster because in in your mind, every rental place is a Blockbuster. Yeah, even the Hollywood video is another option. Oh, a whole other option, and that was the one that was close. So it was like... It had a... I had to have been in middle school when I got this fucking movie. So Although it also makes sense that this would have no business being in a blockbuster, but yeah, it definitely yeah. would find its way into a Hollywood video. Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. This wouldn't be in a blockbuster. Yeah. So basically, I remember, and I was I was really I've always been into horror movies, and I was like, oh, I'll go down to the Hollywood video and look at some movies since they're like having a sale. And I went and looked, and I was like, oh, you know, oh, that looked cool, blah blah blah. And I just saw this in the bargain bin because you know that's what happens when you go out of business. You just try and get rid of everything. And I looked through it, and it was like, oh, $2, $2, $2. And I saw this one, and it was $0.10. Cents, and I just looked at the back of it, and I kind of, like, read it a little bit. I was like, oh, that's not... I thought it was a serious horror movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, like, a, just a straight-up horror movie. Because I saw the front, and it's like, oh, it has all these, like, accolades. I saw yeah. the back, and it has, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. And I just, like, 
threw it into like the bag or whatever, and I was like, I can't go wrong with ten cents. How little <laughs> did I know? That, that yeah. you found a diamond in the rough. I, yes, I found a dime in the a rough. A dime in the rough. <laughs> you were easily convinced. I was yeah. easily convinced. <laughs> That's well, 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 that harkens back to the old days of like going to like not even a blockbuster, but like before blockbuster even existed, there were video stores like you yeah. rent. They were just dingy ones owned by some guy. You walk in. And you're just looking for a movie to watch, and everything is based off of the cover. Oh, yeah. That's it. Oh, yeah. That, that's always been, like, my thing, because I remember, you know, younger the younger years when I used to live in, like, um, Whittier, there was, like, mom and shop, com- or mom and shop video stores, and mm-hmm. it was like that. You'd walk in, it smelled like ass, yeah. the guy behind the counter was the only guy who knew at all what the fuck was in that store. Yeah. And you would just ask, "Hey, what movie do you what movie do you recommend us watching?" And he would just pull out the the box. Yeah. And it'd be all like black cover videos and he'd be like, "I really hope I'm handing you is not porn. I'm pretty <laughs> sure this is like a Stallone movie." Yeah. But yeah, no, I huh. But yeah. No, I but yeah, that was literally what it is. The cover sold me and I was like, "Yeah, I'll take it." You know. You guys remember your your experience finding the diamonds in the rough at the video store? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, the, yeah, that was the first time I ended up seeing uh, the Hurt Locker. As a, really? Some really? situation like that. Yeah, just by picking some, something off the wall. Yeah, they still yeah the uh, like Blockbuster. I mean, there was a few. There were still places that you can like. Not that long ago, when it comes down to it. Yeah, actually, just, that's why I was video store next next to you in the lot over by your house. There's a video store there. Yeah, well, there's ones peppered because we live in the greater LA area. They're all over the place still. Yeah. Um, I even know of one down the streets, but that beside the point is like. Well, I don't really know what point I'm trying to make about video stores, but <laughs> it's a lost art. This is because yeah. it is. Well, yeah, maybe that, that's that's what it was. Is it's a lost art. Yeah, because yeah. this is the kind of movie that you would probably never seek out. But if you saw it at like a video store, you'd be like, yeah, you know, fuck yeah, it. I got I got to watch it. Yeah, that's how when I was younger I discovered Commando, because I just oh. saw Schwarzenegger just all just decked out, didn't know what it was. Glistening yeah, body just with the like, yeah, gun. yeah. That, that that's how I discovered it, and yeah. and it wasn't even Blockbuster. It was one of those dingy. Stores. But you know what's funny is that's kind of how I ended up coming across The Necessary Death. Obviously not in a video store, but that, that process still lives on with screaming. I, yeah. uh, albeit mm-hmm. more and more, it's the, I feel like the the nobody goes on like Amazon to rent something anymore, which is how I ended up finding A Necessary Death. Yeah. Versus now it's just whatever B-movie you can run across. Which really isn't a B-movie anymore. It's just that they made it like a B-movie, but yeah. then it's marketed to a mass audience on Netflix. It really sucks we don't have B-movies anymore. Well, yeah. like the, I think we do, but they're trying to be a B-movie. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole point of a, of a real B-movie is they're trying to make something serious. Or it's just up, missing. Well, you know, well, just like you know, the, one of the, bigger one, the biggest B-movie, you know, The Room. Tell me why so to this day. Like, he, he tried to get it. He wanted it to be nominated for a Best Film and Best Actor for oh, the yeah. Academy Awards. He, he took that movie completely seriously, even though it's a wonderful pile of dog shit. I have a signed <laughs> copy of The Room. Really? I, I met Tommy Wiseau at WonderCon or Kamikaze or one of those conventions. And yeah. he was there and he was signing shit. And I was like, oh shit, it's Tommy Wiseau. Mm-hmm. 
And he's selling. And he, he was selling like DVD or he's selling Blu-ray copies. He was selling underwear. Why so media underwear? Mm-hmm. You Football, grabbed those, right? I I did not. I grabbed the movie poster and the DVD and w- the Blu-ray because they packaged grabbed, together. I would have gotten a. Uh, I would have gotten a pair of the under underwear. That's for yeah. sure. Regrets I've had yeah. in my life. That's mm-hmm. one of them. Also, the best part, he, he had the football from the movie, and he would oh, throw football with people wow. at the crowd. Yeah, I got to play football with Tommy Wiseau, yeah. just like they do in the room. That'll find yeah. its way into the Smithsonian one of these days. Yeah, one yeah, day, that's, dude. That, that shit's important right there. Yeah, it's it's that, uh, the red ruby shoes yeah. and the football. Yeah, that's that's <sighs> cinema history right there. It really sure. is. Like, that's that's the thing. So, I know I know we're, we're film buffs, right? We mm-hmm. love movies. We like good movies. But... Let's let's be honest. You can't. We can't all stay at that at that level of high-minded art film. We sometimes you need a bad movie in your diet. Just no. To, you like you have to in order to keep you know to regulate your uh, your tastes. You have yeah. to know the good from the bad, or even to appreciate that. Because this, I it, it's weird. Because you know that you mentioned the room, but these guys knew they were making a crappy movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, it, there, it, it is different. No, yeah. and, and it's like that's I think what is so nice about watching this is that you it, it's it's like watching a bad youtube video for yeah. i don't even know how long we watched this damn movie but oh, the, it, i don't know what the runtime was it was it was a feature length it was an hour it, and like 30 something minutes it, yeah it was over 90 it was yeah. 90 or over yeah 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 and it's like maybe that's what this is is it just predates the youtube era where they were able to make this thing and release it just on the internet and yeah and as a result, because it was infinitely harder to do at that time, that's how they ended up garnering all this attention. Mm-hmm. Is that well, they actually did something, so we have to put them on somewhere. That's yeah. actually interesting because this move they started in '99, and I don't think YouTube even blew up till YouTube what? Oh, did. YouTube really... showed up in 2006. 2006. Yeah. Right? It, I mean, it was really you know rough. That was before Google had it. It was just like I think it was, it was just two guys making this website. Yeah. And Google got it from them a couple of years later. So this was pre-YouTube for sure. Yeah, because I, like, I got in on YouTube early. I got in like 08, I think, mm-hmm. was probably like my first exposure to YouTube. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit earlier. But 08 is, I can say, I was there in YouTube land. But these guys, they, this movie got released like way before that. So this, this is before they could have even released the, they could. I don't even think they could advertise trailers on the internet back then with this um from what i remember uh i remember apple was there but it this was only for like major blockbusters something like this no this is purely word of mouth word of mouth like dude you gotta check this out i mean locally for them obviously it would have been a lot easier oh yeah but over here I mean, the festivals definitely helped, I think. Rhode Island. Or yeah. Rhode yeah. Island or from us. This was an, an international success, to yeah. say the least. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is old-fashioned as far as, you know, this word-of-mouth stuff. Like, this was way before, hey, let's watch this. I mean, yeah, movie trailers existed, mm-hmm. you know, even back in the late 90s. But something like this. I mean, they could have just made their own website. But even then, it's still word-of-mouth. Yeah, it's it's so it's so again it's super weird with this movie because it's like like I, I like this movie and, and you know it warms my heart to see you know the the ragtag filmmakers actually making something yeah but like <coughs> I know you're allergic to my bullshit but <laughs> I swallowed my water weird that's what yeah. that was well you know I I think a lot of this movie at least for me because I know we're I know we're talking around the movie we're not talking about the movie but we'll get to that. But it's like a lot of this movie. It just like kind of reminds me that it's like, oh, 
we have it way easier than these guys probably had it making a movie. Oh, yeah. But do we, sure. though? Well, yes and it, no. Because the one thing that I keep thinking about when I think about this movie is, like, all they had to do was start with the digital VHS camera, and they were just fucking around on the weekends. And then eventually, as we learned in the feature app, they get access to things like 16mm and sound people. And a shotgun. Yeah, live rounds. A real shotgun. A real shotgun. Uh, oh, that's that. Oh, that's so good. That wasn't even and, that scene that wasn't even included in the film. Yeah, that's good. and you know this movie uh, has deleted scenes. They filmed that much footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and over four years they end up shoot, shooting. Which I'm sure they've ended up having like three or four hours of film by the by the end of it. But oh, yeah. you know, I'm sure most of it was nonsense for whatever that means in this movie. <laughs> but, yeah. And then as a result, it's like just the pure effort put in and the fact that they were self aware of it gets them some praise because there's entertainment value there once they realize oh well yeah of course it's not going to be good but we can make fun of that along the way and fall into parody if not intentionally do it at times send it off to some film festivals and Bob's your uncle but nowadays it's like because of the oversaturation of internet filmmaking mm-hmm. it's like there's no way I would just be able to make something like this and well yeah if I made this of course it would find attention somewhere but yeah. You know, people nowadays, you, you try to make a movie with your friends and then post, post on the internet, and that might be it because it's free. Yeah. yeah. You got to do the. I feel like the bar has been set infinitely higher uh, because of, and for rightful reasons. I mean, more filmmakers, more better filmmakers, mm-hmm. more better, you know. Uh, more, more better. More better. <laughs> more better grammar, and yeah. Uh, but I don't know. It's It's. I kind of, I don't want to say I was the filmmaker who grew up in a wrong generation, but it, well, it, well, that's, I, that's I do kind of, I, I would love to experience like what it was like to just be unaware of everything back then. Yeah, that's, yeah. and that's something that I, like, I, I, it is kind of a regret because I'm older than both of you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm less than two years away from being 40. <laughs> and so I, I was I, they, they're all in their 20s, obviously. Yeah. So it's clear that when they were making this, I was around their age. Yeah. And yeah, I got into filmmaking later on in life. I got I started taking filmmaking super seriously about three years ago. Mm. And I thought like it would have been cool to make something, you know, back then when digital, I mean, digital right now, if, you know, if is, you just, yeah. is you could make a quality film by spending a couple grand. On just the camera and a couple lenses alone, especially if you do use. But back then, I remember camcorders. They all looked like dog shit. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you would have had to fork over some money for at least a 16-millimeter film. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, and editing... Yeah, editing software digitally was in its infancy. Like, it was... It was you had to do it. So I'm assuming these guys edited their film the old-fashioned way, yeah. which... I want to do I've never got to so I envy them in that way like you do like it would have been great if we could go back and just make a film in that way that's and and they got success to a certain degree yeah and, and like yeah the director's still doing stuff yeah and give and take too because you mentioned the money involved and if you had 38 grand nowadays it's like yeah you'd be able to make yeah, you, oh, yeah you could definitely make a, a competent feature film what with is it works cost kevin smith what, like 20, 20 something grand, 20 grand. Yeah. and he shot in black and white because it was cheaper yeah, yeah. or what uh primer primer yeah uh, the primer. Guy was like seven grand yeah well, like less what, than that even I yeah i think it, it was less. less primer and even his other his other film uh i can't recall but it but 
But it takes him a long time because he just does everything himself. Yeah. Yeah. Or I think about, like, um, if we're talking about, like, a fairly recent independent feature that was done like this, where it's, like, we get a very little, I say very little, but it ended up being $100,000. But Tangerine is, like, the last one I can think of that was probably like this. But even... shot on an iPhone. Yeah, yeah, even to today's standards, a hundred grand is chump change. That's nothing. Yeah. What does it mean? Um, David has done the thing on on our other podcast where we look at, like, the budgets of the film to see it's like oh were these like successful you know because that's the easiest way to kind of tell if a movie like was was a crit was like a um, audience success is did it bring in money mm-hmm. and we've come to realize that yeah budgets for most movies at least modern movies are ridiculous yeah they're insane what is it we we did the campaign not too long ago and what was it david it was like a million dollar it was over a million dollars a minute yeah, we ended up finding out that it was like eighty-five million to make or something. It, like it that. was it was a because the the campaign is like eighty-five minutes. The budget was like ninety million, mm-hmm. so it was over a million dollars a minute. Yeah, and we're like, and you, you probably have, you don't even know which movie we're talking. No, about. I know of it, but I don't know that much. Yeah, and it's like you had Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis and that, and it's like you can't even turn out what this movie is. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. It's. <laughs> Uh, like that's a good question so if you okay for all intents and purposes say we made this movie today mm-hmm. how much do you think this would actually cost us because they shot theirs on 16 but that was probably because that's just like what you had to use back then if you wanted yeah. it to not look like dog shit yeah yeah they today no we, we could use like sony right yeah like how much do you think it would actually cost us to make this because like the, a lot of the camera uh, works the lighting they're using like halogen you, lights yeah Thinking of how many locations they had to secure, the, you can write that out of your budget, practically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was like Merv's house, a video store, a like bowling alley thing, and the, the mall and the police station, right? Mm-hmm. And that was it. The police. Yeah. The police station. It looked like was there a, was a school that yeah. they just shot in. Well, oh, which the up. interrogation room was in an open concept. Yeah. Pavilion. Yeah, in in the in the feature it was an abandoned building that was in their neighborhood. Okay, well there you go. They just broke yeah. into. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it, so there's that. There's well, food and craft services. I'm sure it just ended up becoming Burger King. Um, or just it's a BYOB yeah, affair. Well, yeah, or or like a friend of ours. It's just it's just Little Caesars Pizza literally every day of the shoot. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I heard Jesus. about that and I was it, like. Uh, he can at least randomize it up by Del Taco he, every other day he, or something. He, br- he yeah. brought donuts this time, okay? And oh, then when we broke for, and then when we broke for lunch, we put the quotes up there. When we broke for lunch when we were driving back to the other location, we, we stopped for Mexican food. Oh, but only me and, wow. only like the actors and me and like oh, wow. other friends stopped for stopped for Mexican food. He just went home and took a nap. But whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I don't even. I I think okay. I'm I'm probably being optimistic here. I feel like if everyone we know yeah. together to to doing to doing if we wanted to make a movie just like this today with stuff that we already have, I feel like we could do it all for two grand maybe. And most of that's just paying for gas, you know, uh, food maybe three grand. Yeah, what what pops into my mind is that you would pretty much only have to run into emergency expenses. Yeah. You would never... Probably. Somebody around you has DSLR, too. Yeah. Somebody around you has lights. Somebody around you has the boom pole. Mm-hmm. 
it would. I mean, shit. You'd even be able to turn out something that has better quality. Yeah, technically. Yeah, yeah. Because that's that's one thing that benefits them is I don't think anybody, at least in my opinion, nobody I know has comedic chops that would charm (laughs) me like this does. Uh, Yeah, I I could maybe think of two people that maybe not to this degree, but do have some comedic value as far as writing is concerned. But yeah, like you, you. That's like probably like Thomas. You're probably right. You know, it probably it would probably take you only like three grand to make this today. Yeah. Right. And that's and that's kind of speaking to the very low low budget about this movie that we're talking yeah. about. Um, but I guess let's let's kind of talk about uh, about the movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, who would like to start? <laughs> Just you know, favorite scene, favorite moments, things you just could not comprehend. Uh, well, the first thing I couldn't comprehend was the very first shot of the kid. What was he doing? I he was like playing imaginary trumpet or something. He, I, and his mom was just boozing away, and she like kicked him oh, out. Oh yeah, I yeah. have been wondering that for ten years. I have no idea what he's doing. He's just just going for it, and yeah, and his mom is. Oof. Yeah, Oof. just just a just a drunkard. But that's the last we see of her. I think he just disappears. Yeah, it's like a weird little origin story that felt like that. It felt like from that moment onward, I really did feel like they tried to write a movie from memory. Yeah, because <laughs> the editing especially was like at every turn, kind of felt like they were looking at the footage afterward and just being like, yeah, fuck all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we made we made all of this and now we don't like it anymore. Yeah, I'll be honest. I think my favorite moment was the beginning. It was it was that transition of that, of the quote-unquote origin story, that black and white. Yeah. And then, like, you know, he's, he, he's being picked on. He has all this meat thrown at him and he swears that he'll get his revenge. But then you see him, like, coming back as an adult and, like, you know, you know, in the... Escape yeah, gown. Escape, escape, you know, like hospital gown. And he goes back to the school and the school shut down. There's nothing there. And he's like, oh, yeah. shit. Oh. So I, I guess he just wanders after that? Yeah. Well, yeah. he's still, you know, running away from the law and the, and the asylum. Also, that that opening gets me every fucking time. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, of course, Michael, your house is going to be torn down when you come back home. Like, yeah, 13 fuck? years over a decade later, yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I think my favorite scene that ends up being like the very first video store scene. Because that that yeah. that little sequence when he's talking to the kids trying yeah. to suggest a movie yeah oh yeah was that's, like that's all of us this is what I mean where yeah. it's like the movie is oddly genius mm-hmm. because it's it's it starts off very choppy and like I have no idea what's going on and then over time it starts to do these jump cuts that are like perfectly summarizing what it's like to be talking to somebody like that yeah yeah and I, it fa- it almost falls into genius i don't i don't get no, it at yeah. all I no can't explain i it. i think that that summarized all of us uh film geeks yeah just you're you, it's already weird enough and then I, I love that he addresses there's two kids but one of them's holding an elmo doll yeah and he says all three of you like like elmo's one of the kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh it's so good uh, that's that's just great because when he starts talking, I'm looking at this and I'm like, yeah, I've I've been that yeah. guy trying to explain a movie mm-hmm. to somebody. You were that guy trying to get me to watch this movie. I was that yeah. guy trying to get you to watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which just makes me feel like I need to listen to your recommendations more often because I'm, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. All right, you know, it, it is funny. 
the big Halloween movie that came out this year, because obviously there's not a whole lot of go- going on, it, I guess would be like Hubie Halloween, oh, which is sad yeah. to think about. It's that new Adam Sandler Netflix joint where it's like... I don't even know about this. Kevin James is like a, oh, Jesus. a cop or something. <laughs> I don't know. People have watched it. That's a, pretty much all I know. God. It has <laughs> um, been watched. It has. It, it People have set eyes upon it. But it, it's like... You know that movie is not as funny as this, mm-hmm. and yet they're trying to do what these guys are doing. Yeah, it's obviously a parody for whatever it is. Mm. It's obviously a parody of like their own careers because that's all they do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it weird that Adam Sandler made Uncut Gems was basically like in the talks for winning Best Actor, and then he goes on to just make that after a decade of the grown up movies. Makes a movie where he's gonna be best actor, and then he just it was like, eh, I didn't make it. Goes back to making the grown up movies. Basically. Well, because it, yeah, yeah, the Safdie brothers were around for one of those situations. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, and Anderson was the other one. Yeah, hey, Punch Drunk Love was a good movie. <laughs> I'm gonna hold. What? You had like a, mo- a moment of clarity right there. I, yeah, You're I had a quiet, moment, and you just stared in his face. You're like. Yeah, that was really good. Like, yeah. a good movie. <laughs> I don't know. That's that, like my thing. You know, I hear a movie and I'm just like, oh, well, yeah, my brain really just shovels through yeah. the entire movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other thing that I find interesting, too, is that maybe it's a better way to describe it is that I don't keep falling into these moments of genius mm-hmm. throughout this nonsense plot and what is basically a premise sticking everything together. Uh, but it almost feels like you fee- you see them learning lessons about filmmaking along the way, mm-hmm. because you start to see th- things go from like the way they block dialogue get- gets more creative. The there's obviously good things in the beginning about the editing, but then like as time goes on, they start to spoof their own editing. Yeah. The sa- first of all, the sound design is actually surprisingly. Yeah, when Good we found out for whatever that means. But. Well, we found out that almost half of the film didn't have sound in it, and they had to go back right. and ADR a lot of it. Which yeah. is actually a comment I made to you, where it's like it felt at first like the that they had done that, but it was off at certain points, but mm-hmm. then on at certain points. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot more sense. But then they kind of use that to their advantage, I think, in plucking random bits of dialogue and yeah the, yeah there are a few times when the actor is not moving his mouth at all but dialogue is coming out yeah. dirty hands yeah <laughs> <laughs> no be, being someone who's had to adr an entire scene uh let alone more than half of a feature it was it, i i think you're right i think it worked in their favor yeah it, it's one of those things where it's just like when the movie starts the bar is Okay, when when this movie started, how good did you think this was going to be? Like, in the first, like, ten minutes, did you think this movie was going to be anything other than, sh- like, schlock? No, I knew exactly what it was going to be. As, as soon as it started, <laughs> you knew exactly what it was going to be. I knew, yeah, the verse, good dude, you're playing the imaginary trumpet. I was like, all right, I know. it, And that's what's great about it. It knows exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think what... The moment I started to get it was before the movie, actually, when the trailers on the DVD were playing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Which were, oh. I mean, I was first of all surprised that they even got somebody to pay for advertising on this mm-hmm. thing. Dude, Night of the Living Losers, like, you 
it needs to be seen. Or let alone that the reanimator, the reanimator trailer. Right, yeah, reanimator was on there, them, which yep. felt like it was the original reanimator trailer from like a VHS. Yeah, you. I was looking at it and I was like, wait a minute, the fucking VHS copy that I have at my house is better quality than this. This is from like a rip that somebody took, like. Filming with a camcorder, the VHS copy they had. Yeah. But that was about the time that I realized, like, oh, or even when I found out this was a fucking two disc set. That You're was when I started. When I started to realize yeah, it was just like, oh, this, somebody has to have taken this seriously. So there's something I'm missing here, mm. and that was when I kind of submitted to it and was like, okay, something of this will touch me in certain ways. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it was it good touch or bad touch? That's what we need to know. Both, a little bit of both. Yeah, it was like tugging on the ring of that doll. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, uh, it was. Uh, oh no, stop! No, I kind of like this. That's that, that's the kind of touching. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, um, it's fun. It's fun. I, I think too. What what is interesting is how, like the the pre- I keep going back to this premise line of why don't we try to create our own slasher out of this guy we found, which is what any little movie nerd would think mm-hmm. if they were to come across... I mean, not really, but, you know, it, in, it, in, in this movie world. movie presence, yeah. And then it's like the characters that are involved with it, developing is a good word for it, uh, over the course <laughs> of the film, because at first, Anki is like a... I thought he was going to be a throwaway character, to be honest, uh-huh. but then he ended up being, after the the debauchery montage if you want to call it mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that i got it a little bit more and um it's kind of weird how some of the writing is i dare i say textbook <laughs> Te- textbook writing yeah that's uh, okay i don't know was we all know your favorite gag damn this charity work oh yeah <laughs> you almost oh. <laughs> so there's this scene where Mar- or Merv is getting these like phone calls and he's just like oh what's doing this and he picks it up and he just yells stop calling me you're ruining people's life stop and it cuts to who's calling him and it's this old lady charity worker and she's like you know what you're right I am ruining people's lives and she pulls a fucking 45 out of her <laughs> out of her fucking desk and she puts it in her mouth and it just cuts Yeah. and yeah. David's just there being like shocked he's like what the and, and that's what I mean. It's like they, they, certainly horror movie fans. I mean, let alone that guy's bedroom. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, that guy's bedroom is is peak. I also really peak like that little that post well, it's not really a post credit scene, but that um, that scene at the end where they poke fun at like the change from slashers to alien films. And oh like, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you know. like how Anki just as soon as he was left alone, he went in to try and make out? Yeah. <laughs> Or Which, even before that, two people just having sex for like a couple seconds. Yeah. yeah. I was just thrown in there. <laughs> this is one of those movies. You're yeah, a little and, bit surprised the there's actual, not as many tits. And the actual film character says not porn on it. Yeah. I might add. It feels good. No, I'm surprised. I think I only saw, I mean, I mean, I went to the bathroom some point in the beginning and I think I missed a little bit. Yeah. So is there, I think, I only recall seeing two nipples, two female nipples. Mm. Was there more than that? Did I miss I some? think that might have been it. I think that was it. I think there were a couple sets of boobs. This they is were the just, they we were split know. second, but, you know, well, they're standard for horror movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That, that, 
Well, we do we do see Anki's butt crack. I know that we much. see Anki's yeah. butt crack. Yeah. Um, yeah. Aside from that little moment. Oh, we, we did get to see Murph sensually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Off. That's right. Yeah. And you guys yeah. were laughing your asses off. It was that was taken very seriously that yeah. moment. That was a, uh, as the director said, that was our commentary about you know oh usually they objectify the women in the shower now it's the men's turn. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I'm continuing to be thoroughly surprised by how really advanced the deception was in all mm-hmm. of those. Because you go into that scene and you're just like, this is just some 17-year-old trying to shoot like a psycho mm-hmm. spoof. And then it ends up actually being like a really funny, well-paced yeah. spoof of it where I'm like... You're like, why are you? It makes me wonder why are you here making this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you should have. Oh. I don't know. Um, here's a question I do want to bring up because obviously this is a movie, a first time movie done by two amateur filmmakers, and it had to have been the first time they really made something because I'm sure film school in 1999 didn't allow you to like nowadays make a few different shorts that. Mm-hmm. You know, by the end of you, you have a full hard drive full of. You probably got to make one actual. You probably made a, a handful of shorts, but yeah, probably nothing to this degree. Yeah, and it's like so. Obviously, we've all started at kind of different times, mm-hmm. and I've pulled up what I remember because I remembered while we were t- discussing this and realizing it was a horror movie, what my first script was. Oh my god! <laughs> I remember mine. Yeah, I. I love for everybody to describe what they thought at the time this project would be their your first or whatever you thought your first was going to be and then what looking back on it uh you're glad the world never got to see (laughs) shit i i can't say the same thing my first script i think was 2014 maybe 2015 and it was for a contest so plenty of people got to see it Mm. (laughs) <laughs> ah, yeah pr- um, proud of that one uh, I mean it was you know, <laughs> Thomas is trying to compose. I'm trying to compose myself um, yeah it was for a contest um, and people that I I mean I don't know personally but that I admire I know have seen it for this to, to you know probably saw hundreds of films so it was viewed and it was only a minute long Okay, but that was my my first real script. That was. I need know. to know before I let you get away. Uh, I'll, I I think it's it's probably on my YouTube channel. That is, you know, this this film is probably just set to private, uh-huh. but I know it exists. Well, premise line. I I'd love. Okay, to know what all right. It's about. <laughs> um. So, oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll come fully clean about what mine's about. Don't worry. Okay. All right. Okay. That, that, at least okay. yours is only a minute long. Uh, mine ended up being twenty two pages of crap. So. Okay. Yeah. My it was phone. mine was only like a page and a half maybe. Um. So, so the contest was for a very popular YouTube tech YouTube channel called Linus Tech Tips, which you may or may not have heard of. Um, He was doing a contest where you had to make a short film about upgrading your PC rig and why you need to upgrade it. And it was, he was, it was like, he was going to spend like, like your new rig, if you won, he would spend like $50,000 on. So you'd have an insane, this insane 
you would future proof yeah. your computer. Yeah, future proof. Literally be able yeah. to produce this movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it was high up. It was in the, you know, it was definitely a lot of money, and I. <laughs> So the premise of mine was essentially a breakup movie, but the the female is breaking up with her old PC, saying she needs an upgrade. Uh-huh. I shot it in black and white on my friend's Canon, and I put effort into it. Like I set it up in like my living room, and I put like a like like a whole dinner setting, like with like actual silverware and stuff, but like. I remember all of the, like, the dinner was, like, a bunch of, like, computer cables, like, HDMI cables and stuff like that. And I had my old tower at the time, which I was upgrading, on the actual chair. And it ends with me pulling the thing down and it crashing on the floor. So, and I I had a friend of mine who is still an actress. She was in it. I had a real script. I did more than one take. I put effort into this thing. All right. (laughs) But this thing does exist. Now, did your computer break as a result? Well, of no, it was it was just the case, oh, but okay. the case did break. It was it wasn't usable after that. All right. Oh. The sacrifices were. I mean, I was I was going to throw it away anyway, but some sacrifices were made, and I unfortunately scared my cats because it was loud. Because right where the computer the tower fell, um, I had we we had a uh, a fireplace, a brick fireplace, and it fell right on that. So it made it made a lot of noise. Wow. Your produ- every director needs a production that has casualties. Yeah, yeah, always. Yeah. All right. Well, Dean. Oh, sweet Jesus! Trying to, <laughs> trying to blend into the, the wallpaper. Yeah. yeah. So I remember. Okay, so the first script I ever wrote, I also had made because I never did film until I was like in college, and a friend of ours, Mr. Brandon Leva was in my film class and we were like oh the final project somebody already bring in like your story thing and we're gonna make our final film of the semester Mm -hmm. and i didn't realize what that meant so i literally just wrote a script but my idea of a script was i wrote a word document yeah (laughs) where it was like and it was like it wasn't formatted right at all because i had no idea what an actual script looked like and I was like, oh, here you go, guys. It's called War of the DJ. It's like 10 pages long. <laughs> and, oh, it was, it was. Mm, I think I've seen this. Uh, I, think I, I, I think I have seen this. You might have seen the remake. I have the original. We can watch it after this. And I don't recommend it because it's a little rough. So it's about this um, DJ who is getting these um, calls from his listeners about a, uh, alien um landing on the on the planet or whatever like the war of the worlds thing Mm -hmm. and then this alien robot comes in and chases him around and there's some benny hill music there's some other things going it's it's really bad like the the quality (laughs) of like i made that script and i took inspiration from this film all right it is it's rough wow yeah i know i know i uh embarrassed to say the least but it is, it is out there and i i do own it i watched it a couple of times since and it's whew, it's it's uh it's a little a little interesting to see how far we've come yeah no kidding because i'm reading some of the dialogue in this script of mine and i am about to commit suicide by <laughs> like i can't even believe you wrote this that now if i could put it i wrote this in the last edit as of 
uh, marking on Google Drive was May 16th, 2018, which I am, I don't even know where I was. That was when I had just before moved up here, I think. Which is embarrassing to know that this was only two years ago. Wow. <laughs> but uh, I have hopefully come a long way. I'm trying to find a piece of dialogue while I can describe the premise. Well, you look for that. i got to yeah. use the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You first and me. But I can relate to that. Yeah. So don't feel so bad. Oh, shit, it was only two years ago. Two years ago, yeah, I made four films and only... Shit, I don't even remember. Okay, so I remember I, remember I made a one... A one-minute short that I am still very proud of to this day in 2018. And then, the okay, so only two out of those four I'm actually proud of. The other two, like, no one. And that last one, I am proud of it, but there are moments where I'm like, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, dialogue-wise. Yeah, you know, it is kind of funny because when I think about certain things that, I, that I've made as well, you have certain things you're proud of and you know that you could have done better mm -hmm. but it is one of those things where you start to just slowly realize that the when you start everything's idealized but you have no idea how it's going to go mm -hmm. and you have to you only after you build up expectations for how these things are done you'll actually be able to s realistically set your expectations no matter what those really are because yeah. you're never going to have realistic expectations with no. any project no you're not and mine at this point there was a there was a background story uh you can go to the bathroom okay no okay. we're going to finish then i'll go okay uh i remember it had to have been a year before this but we were i was in a car with friends driving around like the um ortega hills because he was trying to find this and one of my friends joel who is credited to have been writing this with me, but this is not his fault, is how I'll describe it. <laughs> uh, it's more that I tried to convince him to do it with me. And he was trying to find this jewelry maker who he followed on Instagram who was doing like this random drop. He would be like, come find this piece of jewelry. I dropped it here. Kind of like geocaching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can find it, there's a certain amount of things on, on the tree branch and you'll get one of my rings for free. And it was a cool little, it was like a donut ring or something that glue in the jar, custom made, whatever. Um, but we were driving around. Do you know much about the Ortega Highway, or are you? Uh, Not much. Uh -huh. Well, it's the highway that connects um, Riverside, or where I, where I was from, Lake Elsinore, to like San Clemente area. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And, okay. It, and it's a long, like, 15-mile, two-lane highway that goes through... A, hills and forest and all these things but where a horror movie would take place if you yeah exactly imagine. because we're going along a dirt road after uh, like close to the other side this is apparently where the guy has dropped these none of us the three other in the car have any clue who this like jewelry maker is so as far as we're concerned this could be a fake story uh <laughs> where we've been dragged out into the middle of nowhere pitch black everywhere when my friend Subaru going up really rough dirt road and we come across this like I don't know about abandoned but nobody was there at the time camp and I mean like old build wood buildings and a flagpole and oh like a <laughs> summer camp yeah wow. like kind of a summer camp but it, I later learned that this was like a um, a fireman's camp or something like that where they would set up in like the 50s or something I don't know um you want to film a horror movie? Yeah, well, that's... I've been wanting to. That, I mean, that, that that's what we thought. We, we started to be like, you have led us to some place where we're going to get killed. 
And Quick, film something. Do get the camera. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we the the trail luckily loops back around, but before we get out, it, it was like we stopped. We didn't find the guy. You know, people had gotten there before us or something, and there we stopped to be like, like look around because there's this valley and there's a car, lights off off in like the brush, and we're like, oh, we should go look at that car opposite to what you think you would do in a horror film where you're normally the viewer who's going no don't go to the car well no that's apparently a real reaction <laughs> <laughs> the car's headlights turn on and we bail and that was kind of the last of it but it had since inspired me to write a story where it's like well that'd be interesting if you were dragged up to a horror you know like a like abandoned camp yeah. uh, by a friend only to find out you were going to be murdered and that's the impetus for the story, is a guy reconnects with a friend, old friend from summer camp who the friend has found out that he had done something evil and he's a deranged killer who's going to kill him because he... It's kind of like a Dexter situation where it's like, you don't deserve to live anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really weird because I had never seen Dexter. Now that I think about <laughs> it. But, Neither have I. Um, yeah, uh... I hope it's it weird after season three. I'll tell you that. That's what I heard. I, I'm glad I never got to do this because it would have required. I had the whole thing pictured out in my head. I was going to take my crappy camera because it was supposed to be like found footage style, where the guy's just like, "I'm going to make a video of me and my friend getting together," which turns into a snuff film. And we were going to use a summer camp, the one that I've described in the podcast of where me and actually one of the friends who was with me on the trip. Um, we were doing. We went Finding to jazz out camp. This is based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, well, we had access to like the camp in Mammoth, and we were going to be able to break into it because my friend lived down the street from it, and we were going to go up and try. I tried to email the person to see if we could shoot some stuff at the place up in Ortega, which I've since never been able to locate. So that's even weirder. Um, is a ghost camp, and it would, and it has like three characters in it. So I was going to be like perfect i don't even need to you know just get some friends together yeah. i've written 22 pages i still remember being in my community college library finishing it and feeling wow i finished something yeah. which <laughs> 22 22 pages would never even be the length of anything you would make yeah <laughs> yeah it'd be, it'd be like a short you know, no, I thought this be, was yeah, going yeah. to be a feature-length thing. Oh, wow. Oh, oh wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, you thought I was that smart. <laughs> Bro, like, my first script was written on, Continue, like, on, on Word. On, like, Microsoft Word, dude. And it... Oh, man. Yeah. Well, that's what... The, this was written in Google Drive. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, had, I had no idea there was such a thing as script software. Yeah, that it's so interesting. And, and I know we're talking about, like, our experiences, you know, in... In the wonderful world of low-budget movie making, but like, you gotta imagine like that's probably this is probably where these guys came from, right? Yeah, I don't know, and who knows? That's I guess what I was trying to bring up is like, who knows where you would be at their age after four years of rigorous filmmaking? But. They certainly ended up in a better place than a lot of us might have. Oh, and yeah. I think that's why I really like this, is it ended up being something where I felt very fond of the filmmakers by the end of it. Yeah, like, I think that's the big thing if you're going to, if you are going to seek out this movie, where, which, um, go for it. If we can find any way you can get a hold of it, we'll hopefully link it in the description, but... Yeah, that is the folly of this show, is that it ends up being... 
increasingly difficult for people to... <laughs> yeah, um, that's kind of the point. We talk about the most obscure movie, so everybody in those very small fan groups can kind of, you know, have a podcast to listen to about their fun, kind of hard-to-find movies. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I would, I would recommend seeking this out if you... Honestly, this is the best kind of movie if you're a aspiring filmmaker. Because you're going to watch this and you're going to be like, wait, people made this and it's goofy, it's kind of nonsensical, the acting's mm, questionable in some points. You really tripped over that word, but I think you should have a lot more confidence. Yeah, okay, questionable. But, um... There's a lot of heart into it. There's a lot of work into it. I don't... And there's, there's a lot of fun in it. There's a lot of fun into it. It's like, if, you, if you're if you an aspiring filmmaker, you watch this, it's kind of like my experience watching Evil Dead, where, yeah, this was just purely I wanted to make a movie, and I'm going to make my movie. Yeah. And that's what this movie is. He wanted to make his movie, he's going to make his movie, and it's going to come out his way. Yeah. And, I, I would love to know what the journey from, like the final rap day whenever they felt like they were done with it because after four years when do you ever feel like you're done with it i knew a guy or i um i saw this documentary where was this guy whose film took 10 years yeah yeah and it was, it was a documentary and it was and that's the hard part when you're because you, when you're making a documentary usually your shoots are kind of long because you're because he was following this family in like chicago but um bro when it's 10 years like the at what point are you just like, okay, I've been filming this thing for so long, I don't think I can actually stop because I have no idea what the story is anymore. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But they, I guess like I would be really interested to know what from Final Rap Day the journey is to some things like the Rhode Island Film Festival or to, I mean, Jesus, the uh, film festival in Montreal or Dublin. It's like, I know uh, Dublin being not that far away is still... Mm-hmm in another country and it's like these guys yeah like that's I know we uh, we mentioned word of mouth earlier and I really feel like they had to have done things even been like we made this thing for four years so yeah we're gonna send out packages with the tape in it yeah we're gonna send out letters and we're gonna try and get this to into as many hands as possible we yeah need, we need exposure and then beyond everything else I really like thinking about the day that they would get back a letter being like we're gonna put you in our film festival buy a plane ticket and come see it with that with that okay do you think that was probably the best the best part about this when they finished making the movie you know because obviously these guys had like a blast making this movie you can tell they had a, a lot of fun hmm. but do you think the best part of the whole production was getting the the letter and or no the best part of the whole thing was probably winning at the Rhode Island Film Festival and realizing that this weird little movie that was basically just the the director and his friends riffing on horror movies and making this kind of dumb comedy just like their weird sense of humor and people liked it like that's gotta be yeah. like one of those like fuck yeah because it was right? probably just so surprising everybody who submitted to that festival probably submitted real horror films mm-hmm. real quote unquote real and horror films maybe that again it goes back to like they use what they are doing to their advantage and it probably was that People were just surprised by it, and they were like, this has got a different reaction and is different from anything else here. We obviously need to acknowledge that. Yeah, because it, it, this movie doesn't feel like anything else I've ever watched. Yeah. Right? Which is weird, because it's 
all over the place with like horror movie references and jokes that reference other things and jokes that internally reference itself but it's I can't think of any other movie that has this same concept and plays it like this or even a low budget movie that plays this close to the hilt with this is just a movie about us right yeah like us being the filmmakers and the actors and all that stuff yeah I don't know I mean I hope someday that you know I can probably be as excited and elated as these guys were once they finished this um, and I'm better I'm glad that I have I now know about it <laughs> yeah. Thomas so we were we were talking a second ago since now you've come back mm-hmm. about the best part the probably the favorite moment that these guys probably had while while making the movie Mm -hmm. my thinking is the best part about making the movie was when they were accepting the award in rhode island oh yeah definitely when when they realized this movie that was just them and they just kind of put it on screen and people actually liked it like they found an audience yeah i can only imagine you know because it's it's clear that they did this thing it was just them I mean, messing around, but not in a bad way. Yeah. And then that happens, and I mean, if I was in their shoes, I'd be losing my shit. Like, really? We just we just wanted to make a, a dumb movie, a dumb slasher comedy, and here you we guys are getting this. Yeah, like, like, we don't know why you guys like this piece of shit, but we're happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I guess, look, I think we can all kind of agree we... we liked the movie yeah i i was i had fun all right so i'm embarrassed i really again am embarrassed to say that this is one of the most enjoyable things i've watched in a while (laughs) (laughs) i mean ah, we gotta try here at uh, at the podcast yeah so i guess you know any final points you want to make about the movie anything it's like maybe something we didn't talk about something we didn't bring up because i know we talked a lot about you know the stuff around it because i think we can all kind of relate to this movie a little bit oh yeah definitely yeah because it's that kind of like really low budget raw filmmaking we will probably be doing Mm -hmm. i mean i i think it's just that this movie again reminds me that i need to keep having fun while doing this and not that i forgot that in particular but that um you never know what the result of anything you do is going to be so Mm -hmm. enjoy it while it lasts and look forward to what's to come next all right. Mr. Thomas, any any fun words? Um, it just reminded. It's just a, an interesting reminder of uh, why I like doing this. <laughs> like, just you, just uh, as dorky or as serious as it may be, it's still fun as hell. Um, and I miss doing it. Like, I haven't made a proper film, yeah. especially that I've written in about two years. Mm. So, it, during the the whole quarantine bullshit that we're going through right now definitely uh hurts a bit because i just miss doing it so much mm-hmm. but um yeah it's just a reminder to just have fun with your friends and just try to, and just try to put something together and i mean you know i mean the the goal isn't to get you know to make a bunch of money at least for me it's just to enjoy doing what you love and that's it yeah i think that's a really like good like kind of oh yeah for this <laughs> for this fucking terrible yeah. movie yeah. I, I know I keep saying it's terrible. Yeah, it's, 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 it's it's bad, but it's so good. There's heart in it. That's I think that's the thing. It's like a good a good bad movie, which is kind of what I brought to the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good ones have heart in it, and this one has 
buckets of it. And that's probably where I want to put it. It's, you know, this movie, it makes you want to make movies because it's it's raw, it's bad, but you can tell they had so much fun. And, you know, like, honestly, you don't have to take movies that seriously to have fun making movies. And you're going to feel so much better when you get an audience for the fun, like, personal shit you put into your movies that obviously only you and your friends got. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, really enjoy it. So I guess that kind of brings us to the end of our little podcast. Is there anything you guys want to plug before we wrap it up? Yeah, I'll defer to our guest Thomas. If yeah, Thomas, you want to I don't have any, as far as filmmaking, I don't really have anything going on right now aside from me just poking at a couple of scripts. Um, I can share what one of those is if you'd like, but... It's it. There's gonna there. This is one of those things. Even though it will be a short, it needs a budget. Uh, so it's one of those things where you, you write the script. And you're like, this is way too fucking ambitious for me to be writing this. I write lots of those. Yeah. Um. I. I. My girlfriend and I had this idea recently of us doing a ghost story set in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. So again, that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. But I, I've just mostly been working on music lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as anything to plug, I don't really. I got. I got nothing. Right? You got a Twitch. I, you got yeah. an Insta. Oh, I guess you're right. Um, I guess I can plug my Twitch. Um, so I have been occasionally every week or two, uh, every Friday, uh, doing tri- Twitch streams of me getting high and talking about weird shit. Yeah. So. Well, you would, I mean, for me, and these are things that I, that I legitimately have interest in. So UFOs, aliens, ghosts, um, conspiracy theories, but just having fun with it. Uh, and that is on twitch.tv, six orbs spelled out S I X O R B S. But I guess if you, if you like that kind of shit and you like watching me struggle to weed, to read a Wikipedia while way too high, then have at it. it um, I will say it is it is a pretty fun time. I've dropped in on those yeah. a couple of times. And they're they're good stuff. Yeah, yeah they're they're they, these this this uh, it's essentially a visual podcast. It, it was just me talking. Um, if you any of you happen to be familiar with the late Art Bell, um, that's what I take the inspiration from. Anyway, and if you don't know who Art Bell is, just look him up. He was a radio uh, host. Um, for I think like like three decades for sure and he died a couple of years ago but he took it it wasn't him getting high it yeah. was an old guy talking about weird weird he, stuff on the radio Alex for Jones real. Of a previous generation yeah but uh, not not crazy in that way ah. um, so but but yeah that that's I guess anything I'm doing literally right now during pandemic times that I guess that'd be the only thing I could plug I gotcha David no. anything you want to plug no, not really. Um, there will be something I'll plug on the podcast in the coming weeks for my school. We're putting together a little film challenge. But uh, other than that, um, no, go check out Thomas's stuff. He needs it, he needs it more than I do. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll all just jump in and steal all that thunder. So come and see us on the Double Feature Podcast. You can find us on In The Frame, our YouTube channel. You can also find us on our Instagram, Double Underscore Feature Podcast. And also I'm on the Film Club Podcast. You can find us there on the same Instagram. 
Yada yada yada. Send us money. I need presents. Thank yes. <laughs> we need gear we for need, our stuff. We need yes. We need more gear. Yeah. Yeah. We need certainly more gear because if they had more gear than us in freak out, then we need to certainly. Yeah. We, we need to step up our game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Step definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well. All right, everybody. That's the podcast. That's too obscure for TV. And gentlemen, <laughs> hope to see you all next time. Thank yes. you. Thank you for having me. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.